Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Essentialist Podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and I'm an architect, content creator, and YouTuber based here in Melbourne, Australia. And I wanted to use today's episode as a little bit of a catch up because I realized that unless you are someone who already follows me on Instagram or YouTube, and you might have just kind of organically stumbled across the podcast, or even if you are on one of those platforms, you may not know a bunch of information about me. And I think what better way to wrap up 2022 than by having a little bit of a insightful sort of Q&A questions that will let you get to know me a little bit better. And these are also some really excellent questions that you could be asking the people in your life, specifically over the holiday period where we're kind of having that time to ourselves again and being able to calm down, take some time to have some deeper conversations and really just get to know the people that are in our lives. So I am sitting with a tea at the moment. I've got my T2 packs of peach herbal tea with me and I did the T2 advent calendar this year and I absolutely loved it. I would have ordinarily picked one with sweets or something else like that but I just thought to go a little bit of a healthier option because I've just finished a gym challenge and I also just really love tea so it worked out very well for me because I ended up getting to try a bunch of different teas but I have actually found a website and they had a ton of podcast questions on there and I just thought this was absolutely perfect because it saves me kind of formulating all of them. And I actually thought they were some really excellent questions. So I might just jump straight into it and I will go ahead and answer as many of these as I can. But of course, if you guys ever want to chat further, you can find me on my Instagram and over on YouTube and things as well, where we can DM and chat a bit more back and forth. But all of that is linked in the show notes under the episode. So let's just get straight into it. And I will kick off with one of the first questions. The first question I've got here is how are you doing for real? And I really like this question because I think a lot of the time we always say, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, great. Okay, cool. And it just becomes this really monotonous sort of, I don't know, you don't really tell anyone how you're legitimately feeling because you don't want to unload on a stranger or even a friend. And I think it's just the easiest answer to just get the conversation either over and done with or moving along away from you. And how am I doing is pretty great, actually. I mean, 2022 has certainly had its challenges. I think it's definitely been a very up and down year and one that has been full of changes. I changed my job. I also moved to a new apartment and that has just been two major things, I guess, that you're kind of uprooting what you do every single day at work. And that was, I guess, due to a number of factors. Primarily, it was a pay factor because my industry for the first time since I can literally remember working in this industry was really on an upward trend. So it was a very good time to kind of move and get a new role where you could actually get a decent pay rise. So that was really important to me because then that led on to my other decision to move into a bigger, newer apartment because by getting that pay rise, I could actually then afford to upgrade that area of my life. So that was a really good one for me. However, I'm sort of a little bit up and down about the decision to move my job and I will kind of get more into that, I suppose, in some upcoming episodes. But sometimes when we make the decisions, they can be a little bit risky and I think you kind of make a choice based off how you're feeling in the moment and that is sort of all we can do, I guess, with the information you've got. You have to ultimately make a decision and I'm not 100% sure that I've made the right one. So that can kind of happen sometimes in life and I don't want to get too down about it, particularly coming into that end of the year period because I'm someone who really doesn't enjoy kind of whinging about things. And if I am complaining about something, I will just go ahead and change it. Like for example, living in my old apartment, it was a very small and tight space. So I definitely felt myself when I first moved there, of course I'd been share housing. So I was absolutely raving about it because it was such a huge upgrade to go from share housing into living alone by yourself in a beautiful space. But now I've kind of gotten to the point where I was like, well, I need a bigger space. I've got my YouTube stuff going on. So I need a nicer looking space. And that was when it led to the decision to move and find something better. And I definitely think this is something that all of us do constantly throughout life. And some people I see are not bold enough to kind of make these decisions and they will often sort of stagnate in their choices and sit there and kind of complain and resent things and not kind of do anything about it. But I am definitely an action person. Jazz jokes around and calls me action Emma because I will say something and I will pretty much immediately do it. And I'm very, very quick in those sorts of things. And I know that can kind of 
maybe frustrate some people because they sort of think like, oh my God, don't you want to like sit there and think about all the possibilities? And I'm like, no, I don't really, because I've probably already weighed it all up in my mind and done a little bit of thinking. And I just am like, great, I don't like this. I'm going to change it. So that's definitely how my brain works. But I would say all in all, this year has been wonderful. I've got to reconnect with all my family and friends post all of the lockdowns and things. I finally got to meet my sister's little boy, which was a real highlight because I they live in America. So she hasn't kind of been back here since all of that happened. So I'd only ever met the little guy via Zoom. So that was very, very exciting. And I guess just kind of looking forwards into other things as well, like some of the opportunities that the year afforded me. Like I now am working four days a week and one day on my own projects because by having the kind of social media content creation and sort of design side of what I do, I've been able to actually transition over to more of a part-time role, I suppose, in working for someone else, which is very, very exciting for me because I have to be honest with you, I've genuinely never enjoyed working full-time. I absolutely love my job and I know that I've landed in the career that is absolutely meant for me. And I'm very, very grateful to feel, I suppose that I've genuinely found my purpose because I know a lot of people can kind of feel very unsettled in their sort of career choices and things. But for me, I feel very found in my purpose. It's just that I believe there are different ways to do things. And I really enjoy the idea of work-life balance. And that's certainly something that I want to take into the year ahead. So the next question is, what has been going on in your life recently that you expected or didn't expect? So I would say something that I expected, I guess, is... I don't know. I'd say you shouldn't really expect anything, right? Because none of us have a crystal ball. We genuinely don't know what's coming our way or what's around the corner. And that is part of the beauty of life because Jazz always says this saying to me as well, not to keep bringing him up, but he says, man plans and God laughs. And I always think this is such a great saying because it's totally true. It's we have all these grand plans and things that we think are going to happen. And sometimes if they don't go to plan, it can either be really funny or really bad. So it's just kind of like... It's better to not sort of think you have particular expectations about things. But I guess in terms of what I just sort of said about the working less, it was, well, not working less. I mean, I'm probably working more, to be honest, because any of you would know if you have a side hustle or your own business that you genuinely end up working more. But I just feel that it's so fulfilling and I really do enjoy having that alternative creative outlet. So knowing that I put in so much hard work, I think I've literally made like over 300 YouTube videos now. So it's just kind of exciting to see that that has paid off. And within two years of starting that channel, which in my opinion, I guess was pretty late to be starting a YouTube channel because the social media space is so saturated right now. But this year I literally got to 10,000 followers. So that was an absolutely enormous milestone for me because I've never been on, you know, like reality TV or anything. Like I had to organically grow that following. So just being able to have that social proof, I suppose that I could actually do it just through organic, genuine growth was such an important milestone for me because it just meant I've built this beautiful audience who really want to kind of tune in each week and connect with what I have to say and what I'm doing. Um, and the other thing, I guess that I, I didn't expect, but I, I would have hoped to happen maybe is, um, I don't know, maybe like planning some traveling and things like this. It just absolutely didn't happen for me because of the job change and, you know, the house move and everything, those kind of arbitrary little like life admin kind of tasks sort of took up my time this year. So that's why I'm really looking forward to planning some more things to do in the new year instead. What did I have for breakfast today? Well, this is a very easy one because it was actually a weekend day. So my partner was over and we ended up just making a pretty standard, like healthy-ish breakfast, I guess. I had some organic orange juice and avocado with feta and lemon mashed into it. And I had that on some dark rye bread with a poached egg. So that's a pretty standard little weekend breakfast for me. Oh, and with some mushrooms as well. But, you know, that's like the weekend breakfast but my weekday, I'm more of a sweet tooth person and I really struggle to kind of eat savory food like first thing in the morning. I don't know if many people feel the same way, but I would literally rather have like a piece of toast and peanut butter or a bowl of cereal or just a coffee or a smoothie or something than to go for the savory option, even though I know that like those healthy fats or whatever are supposed to be better for you. I just cannot do it. 
Next question is, what is my favorite drink? So aside from tea, which I believe is probably excluded from this category because I think they're asking an alcoholic drink. So in terms of non-alcoholic, I love tea and I love sparkling water. I am definitely that person who always asks for sparkling if I go to a restaurant. And in terms of an alcoholic drink, I love an amaretto sour cocktail or a margarita or maybe even a spicy margarita if I'm in the mood. The next few questions are some personal kind of get to know you ones. So this one says, where are you from? So I actually grew up in Sydney and that is where I spent the first 14 years of my life and my parents are both from there. So that's where all my relatives and everyone still is. And then around about the time I was in year seven or eight in high school, we were holidaying quite a lot up in Queensland, particularly the Gold Coast and Noosa and those kinds of areas. And my parents, just started looking at land and I think they were just really ready for a bit of a change and just to sort of get away from some of the busyness and competitiveness that really existed in Sydney in general. I think just the people were... I don't want to say not as nice because that's obviously a generalization, but perhaps we'd just sort of grown tired of the same kind of crowd and the same things. So they just really wanted a fresh start, a little bit of a sea change, and we ended up moving to the Gold Coast. So I lived on the Gold Coast for, I don't know, I want to say eight or nine years. And I also went to university at QUT up in Brisbane. And I used to work in Brisbane as well because I really loved it. And that is also where I would go clubbing in my 20s because I just sort of preferred the nightlife up there. I think it was more big city vibes and I definitely still have friends from Brisbane and I do go back there quite regularly as well. Um, I'm actually about to go there for New Year's. I'm going to be in Brisbane for New Year's Eve. So if any of you are around, I'm sure I'll run into some of you, but yeah, it's, um, I've just really loved that kind of Queensland sort of thing. And I do feel a connection to it, but I did end up moving to Melbourne where I currently am when I finished uni. And I have been here ever since because I feel like, although I am constantly complaining about the cold and the weather, Melbourne is such a beautiful place. Like you can go down the coast to the wineries and the beach. You can go to the mountains and do beautiful hikes. You can go further to the mountains and ski in winter. And there's just so much culturally and like musically and all those kinds of things to do. And Of course, I also met my lovely partner here as well. So I think I'm kind of stuck in Melbourne for now. I love this next question. This one says, what books have changed your life the most? And I wish I knew all of your answers because I'm always looking for book and TV show recommendations. So if you want to, you can drop me a DM and let me know what book it is that's changed your life the most. But for me, I guess there are a couple, but one is probably the Tim Ferriss four hour work week. I think this is a book that you can continuously go back to and read again and again, because it is just such a useful book. And I do think it is definitely for the more entrepreneurial amongst us, or even if you have friends or kids or anybody in your life that you think is kind of not wanting to, essentially it's like taking the path less traveled. And the reason why I love that book is because it was about working more efficiently so that you don't have to work all the time and therefore having time to enjoy life. And as someone who has traveled a lot, I've quite literally been to 36 countries and I definitely intend to go to more, but it's just one of those things that like, I think having the ability to work less and have that better work-life balance is what we could all be kind of craving in a way. It's like there is that hustle culture and I definitely think there's merit in that at times because you definitely do want to develop and Um, I guess, display your professional expertise when you get to a particular part of your career. You might feel like you really want to show people what you're capable of. And I definitely want to contribute to society and kind of leave my mark on the world. But I also just genuinely hate the idea of being stuck in a regimented time slot every single day, five days a week for the rest of my life until I'm old enough to retire, potentially use my money and then go traveling. Because that to me sounds like an absolute nightmare. And I just really liked that he basically teaches you multiple different ways you can add different streams of income into your life so that you can slowly replace your income. Like, let's say you earn five grand a month. He would be like, well, how can you earn five grand from multiple streams of income that would take you less time than an ordinary, let's say, 40 hour work week? And you can turn it into a four hour work week where you might just be doing some business admin, some catching up on calls with clients or whatever it is. But it just gives you the idea of like essentially charging more for your time because you have that level of expertise or just 
being able to delegate tasks and have a more hands-off approach to running a business so that you can just go about and enjoy your life. And that book to me was just absolutely incredible. I also love the Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That is an excellent book if you are into kind of, I guess, breaking some of those generational patterns and limiting beliefs around money. And that is a really important one for me because I suppose I've come from a reasonably conservative family in terms of they don't have many investments and they weren't really risky with their money, which is totally fine. And I absolutely understand that, but I kind of want to learn how to go about it a little bit of a different way for myself. So I found that book really, really helpful because it sort of talks about two role models in the guy's life. There is the rich dad and the poor dad, and it shows you essentially what different choices they made that led them to get to that place. And some of the other books I love are from Robert Greene. I read The Laws of Human Nature, I think, and that was an enormous book, but actually an exceptional book. It had so much information in it. And I guess on the light and easy to read sort of side. There is the collective, I think it's called. Um, and it's a woman, oh, her name is escaping me, but essentially it was called the collective something. And there's like four books in the series. And there was one called like, find your why. And there's another one called purpose. And I literally just purchased them all. I got them at Dimmicks and they were so great. It was really just like these interesting books that kind of ask you a lot of questions. They were graphically really beautiful. They're very easy to read and they're perfect for when you're on holidays and you're just wanting something that you can absolutely eat up that will get you in such a great state of mind. And I thought they were really feminine and nice as well. I think it's called the collective establishment. I'm actually going to Google it now because I want to be able to tell you guys. Okay, I've found it. It is from Lisa Messenger, and you guys have potentially heard of her before, but if not, the books were called Daring and Disruptive. There is Daily Mantras. There's 365 Days of Sustainability. There's the other one called Purpose, which is Find Your Why. And there's a few other different books that she are oh, Risk and Resilience. She has quite a lot. Oh, Work From Whenever. That Work From Wherever, sorry. That is the other book that I picked up after reading The 4-Hour Workweek, and it was absolutely brilliant and they were really inexpensive as well. So I would highly recommend any of those books if you're someone who wants to kind of read into those things, but you don't want something that's really too technical or too heavy. What is your favorite country to visit? Um, I love this question as someone who definitely has the travel bug. And I would say I have like a top three countries to visit. So my top three are a little bit more off the beaten uh, track, I guess, but one of them isn't. One is Austria. When I was there, I felt like it was just such a beautiful place. The people were so nice and it just felt like the freshest air I'd ever breathed in my entire life. And the rolling hills were just incredibly beautiful. It was just such a simple, lovely place. And I don't think it was terribly interesting per se, but it just had a really, really nice feeling about it. The other place is Cuba. I absolutely cannot fault this place. It was such an incredible destination to travel to. I felt so, so blessed to be there. The music, the people, just everything about it. The fact that it's kind of frozen in time a little bit as well. And I just found it such a beautiful place. It is so rich in culture and the locals are so friendly. Like I literally had people walking me around, showing me through the town, showing me the cars, telling me stories. Like it was just, it has a definite piece of my heart and also the beaches and things were just phenomenal. It basically looked like that Microsoft screensaver where it's like the crystal clear blue water, the perfect white sand and the single palm tree. Like it was just otherworldly, like absolutely incredible. And the other one is Morocco. I absolutely had the best time in Morocco. I know a lot of people were a bit like, oh my God, don't go there as a solo female traveler. But I have to tell you, I had the best time. It is such a gorgeous place. And of course, you can always just join a tour if you're a little bit worried because then you're kind of traveling with a group and you've got a few more people for safety and accountability and things. But Chef Shawen, the Sahara Desert, like Marrakesh, it was just absolutely exceptional. It's definitely one of those places that I would say, if it's not on your radar, start doing some research because it absolutely should be. It was just gorgeous. 
I really like this question and that says, what goals are you pursuing right now? So I probably have talked a little bit about it on this podcast, but if not, I am in the process of starting up my business and that is going to be a little bit of a creative hub, but the primary service will be design services. So I am, I've got the name, it's called We Are Former. And if you look me up on Instagram, the link is in my bio and I've also got the website with the initial offering up there. So essentially what I'm providing is design services because that is what I do in my day-to-day. I am an architect and interior stylist. So I want to offer basically the idea of styling your home without you having to do anything. So there is home styling for people who are renting, renovating, or owning their homes. And there's also actual other design work that I can do for you as well. So there's going to be a whole series of consultations, whether that be online or in person, depending on your location. But I'm really, really excited to bring that to to everybody next year. And I've got a little bit of a branding photo shoot planned in February. So I'm sort of just busily working on planning and everything and getting ready for that. And also just getting the website sort of up to scratch. So that's something that I'll be spending quite a bit of time on over the holidays. But if you are someone who is wanting to reset your space for the new year, or you are moving into a home, then definitely feel free to reach out. I would absolutely love to help you. I've done a bunch of work for clients recently. And my biggest thing is wanting to make design accessible and affordable to everybody. So it's not an expensive service compared to what my charge out rate is in my regular job. And that is because I just believe that everybody deserves to live in their dream space. And you shouldn't have to wait until you own a property to be able to do that because I myself am also renting. And I just love the idea of being able to inexpensively decorate my place to feel like it's more of my own. The next question is, when did you first start learning about your craft? So I guess when I was in year 10 at school, I was doing graphic design and I had a really great teacher and we were using Archicad, which is kind of like a basic drafting program to create some houses. And it was only for one semester, but I'd never sort of been exposed to that before. And I absolutely loved it. I literally could not get enough of doing houses and I just wanted to plan them to the nth degree. I was adding so much extra detail into my assignment. And from that moment on, I just knew that I absolutely loved doing that. So then not long after my parents actually were building a house and just for fun, I was constantly using a pencil and paper and just drawing up the house plans and creating ideas and thinking of different possibilities. And I sort of just realized that that was a bit of a passion and something that I wanted to focus more on. So that's why when it came to time, I guess, to like choose what to do at university, I just felt really solid and comfortable in what I wanted to do. And although architecture is definitely not the most high paying job, I know that I'm absolutely in the right career and working towards the right part of my life. This one is a great question and it says, when have you grown the most in your life and what caused that growth? So I would say around about 2018, I had a really, really messy, nasty breakup with someone and I genuinely should have never let this person into my life. I think I was just really in a period of like low self-esteem and just struggling a bit with my... I don't even know, just everything. I just think I just wasn't firm in who I was. I didn't have good boundaries set up and I just kind of had a really, really tough time over that period and I just needed to make a lot of big changes. And one of the biggest changes I made around that time was to stop partying and going out so much because I felt like I'd sort of done that to death and I'd had a lot of fun and a lot of different experiences and things, but it got to the point where I would be out at like a club or an event or something and I would just be like, looking around the room like, God, I can't wait for this to be over. Like, this is just so not my scene anymore. These are not my kind of people. I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like these are genuine friendships. And it was just something that I kind of immediately realized that I needed to start slowly backing away from. So that was a huge change. And then around the same time, I also started a 12-week gym challenge, which meant that that coincided with me stopping drinking for 12 weeks. And although that wasn't mandated by you know, the challenge or anything. It was just a personal choice that I thought if I'm going to be serious about, you know, making some changes in my health and fitness, then it's all going to have to go hand in hand. And it's going to make the most sense for me that I step away from partying, make some friends at the gym, you know, give it my all and just see how I get to on the other side. So as a result of all of that, that challenge, I ended up losing five kilos. So my physical body felt a lot of changes. My frame of mind made a lot of changes because a lot of that ends anxiety and 
and feelings I'd been feeling had kind of just dissipated because I was for the first time just like exercising and taking care of myself and not drinking and being hungover and all of those sorts of things. And I also just really felt like myself, like I just kind of met some new friends at the gym and I just had enough of doing the same, same on my weekends. So then my weekends kind of became like reading books or going to the park or going to the markets and buying fresh food and like getting better at cooking and just having some other interests in my life that didn't revolve around going out and socializing. And actually what a lot of that leads to is spending some time on your own and getting comfortable with spending time on your own is such an essential part of life because there are definitely going to be periods, whether you're single or in a relationship or whatever it is that you just need to be really comfortable with being on your own and being okay to be alone. And that time just really taught me all of that. And it wasn't long after I'd sort of made those massive shifts and I had sort of been single for a bit during that period, which was a little bit frustrating because I just really wanted to meet someone and be able to kind of move on with that section of my personal life and sort of be developed a relationship with someone and kind of moving forwards with all of that. And that was what led me to meet my partner. I genuinely think because I made those massive steps forward and those shifts that I then attracted my dream partner into my life. And then things started to really just shift and change and be on this really positive trajectory because I'd sort of let go of all those sort of time wasting energy sapping things. And I went into stuff that really filled my cup. And then that meant that I was able to kind of pour into the cup of other people around me because I had all of this abundance and energy overflow to share. And prior to that, I was just so burnt out and so tired all the time that I just didn't really have anything to give. So I wasn't really adding value to the lives of people around me because it, it was sort of like a little bit of a selfish pursuit, I suppose, to just kind of go out, do whatever, you know, sleep it off and then rinse, repeat the following weekend. So that was definitely a huge growth and change period in my life. And I honestly think a lot of great things have happened since then. This next one says, what motivates you to get up in the morning? And I think this is a great question because I don't believe in motivation. I think it's discipline. And I'm sure a couple of people have said this as well, but I truly believe that discipline is what gets you up in the morning. It is not motivation because motivation comes and goes. It is kind of just like a state of happiness or sadness. It's something that sort of flips in and out of our life. And I would love to just be hyper motivated to exercise every day, but sometimes it's cold and raining outside or sometimes I don't want to go to work that day or I don't know I'm just like not feeling it or I'm tired or whatever but having the discipline to work towards bigger goals like working on an exciting project at work could get me out of bed because I've got the discipline to know like today you've got to get through this this and this or you know having those particular fitness outcomes it's like well I have the discipline to know that I want to make it to the gym five days a week and so I'm going to do that because I'm congruent about my line of thinking towards that. It's like, I know to get this outcome, I need to take these steps. So that's what gets me out of bed because I know that I'm doing something towards a bigger goal. So it's kind of like having those bigger picture thoughts run through your mind instead of those sort of limiting little thoughts that come in. That's like, ah, it's cold outside. Like let's snooze or, you know, ah, I can't be bothered going to work today. Like, you know, whatever, like let's call in sick. It's just these little things that kind of creep into people's minds. And I just don't really allow those thoughts to enter my mind because I'm someone who really just feels like I know what I'm doing this for and therefore I'm going to get up and do it no matter what. How did you get to where you are today in your career? Well, as a female in construction industry, I guess, or in architecture, it's definitely changed a lot over the last 10 years. And I can wholeheartedly say, thank God, because when I first started working in my industry, it was very, very male dominated. And truthfully, it still is, although it is getting a lot better. But I mean, interior design side is heavily female dominated, but the architecture side is so sparse, particularly on women in high up roles or leadership roles, because I think that women often just undersell themselves in these kind of situations. And it is a little bit more difficult to get taken seriously when 
I don't know, just being in a bit more of a male industry because there are a lot of those kind of like masculine conversations that go down. There's lots of egos involved and it is just a little bit difficult to get your seat at the table. But I'm someone who is very, very confident from someone who was very shy and sort of bullied and like all of these things in school. I've definitely come a really long way and I feel very confident in being firm about knowing that I've earned my place. And I think that that's kind of what's led me to get to where I am in my career at such a young age because I'm now a senior project architect with the capability of running really big projects and teams because I absolutely love mentoring the younger generation. I want to give them all of the opportunities and the chances that I myself didn't have. And I'm certainly not someone who would ever gatekeep information either. I think knowledge is power and I've always wanted to share as much as I can with whoever I can to make sure that they're going to be able to have those advancements in their career. And I think a lot of people don't do this because they have the worry that someone's going to overtake them or be better than them or kind of leave them in the dust or step on them to get where they're going. And I just think if you are truly someone who is so talented and so giving that you make people better than you because of where you're at, then that is just a compliment and a testament to who you are. And you should never be kind of threatened by that because I genuinely don't think people would be able to overtake you because if you are not only good at your job, but you're also good at raising others up, then I think you'll find yourself in a very positive and supported environment. And i truly don't think anyone's going to try and replace somebody who is like that in the workplace. So that's sort of what I've been working on on myself over the years. And yeah, I just think that I have worked really, really hard to learn things. I'm never afraid to ask questions or feel like stupid or silly, I suppose. It's like that saying like there's no stupid questions or no dumb questions. And I truly, truly believe that. I've always been the kind of person who would walk into a meeting and if the builder or a consultant or someone looked like they you know, were a bit annoyed or there was some missing information, I would just say, please let me know what it is so that I can go and fix it. Like I want to learn, like I have such a thirst for knowledge and I definitely think that is what works to help me be at the top of my game. Because if I don't know something, I definitely won't just sit there and brush over it because I'm too embarrassed to ask. I will literally be the first person to put my hand up and ask because I genuinely want to know and I want to be the best. And the way that you get to be the best is by learning and taking those kind of opportunities to be vulnerable, which I think a lot of people just struggle to be vulnerable. They're worried to show their cards because it's like, oh, if I show them that I don't know this thing, then they won't respect me or, you know, they'll tell my boss or like something horrible will happen. And I'm like, I think if someone is nasty enough to tell on you because you didn't know something, that's just going to make them look bad. I don't think it's ever going to make you look bad. And you should never be afraid to put your hand up and ask those questions because that's what's truly going to get you ahead of the competition because you're going to learn all of these things that other people are too shy to ask about. Uh, This question says, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And I think I am an introverted extrovert and I cannot answer to one or the other because I definitely have days where I'm extremely introverted and I absolutely love being left alone. I love my own company and I am extremely comfortable with my own company. And there are days where I am extremely extroverted and in social situations, I can really bring that out and kind of be the life of the party person who's like telling all the jokes and whatever. And I'm really not phased by kind of meeting new people, but sometimes depending on the situation, I am absolutely introverted as well. So it's hard to say. I think all of us are a little bit of a blend sometimes, but I definitely kind of sit firmly in the middle of the two. What is your morning routine? My morning routine also ties into the question after that, which is, are you a night owl or an early bird? I have for my whole life pretty much proclaimed that I was a night owl and I definitely used to stay up extremely late and then get up really late. And that was just a pattern and a cycle that I really got myself into. And that continued from school years right through to uni years and even into my early working life. And it wasn't until I sort of found myself being really, really time poor into terms of working a lot of overtime in some jobs and therefore not being able to do other things after work, like catch up with friends or go to the gym that I really realized I wanted to change and try and be a bit more of a morning person. And I will say for anyone out there who says it's not possible, I was a thoroughly a night owl for literally most of my life. And only when I changed the gym, it definitely took me an adjustment period of about three months. But 
I am now a firm morning person and although I do still stay up late sometimes when I shouldn't, I am someone who literally is there to like seize the day. I do my 6 or 6.30 a.m. workout class every single day. I come home and I watch the sunrise. I make myself a healthy breakfast. I do my little get ready ready sort of routine because I really love, you know, getting a little bit dressed up and wearing makeup even just for going to the office. And then I will commute in either via car or train and head off to work for the day. So that's my morning routine. I absolutely love it. And I feel like it really helps me calm down in the evenings as well, because I know from the second that I leave work that I am literally going home to relax. I can put on some comfy clothes. I can make myself dinner and I can really start to kind of wind down and fall asleep at a little bit of a better time. Whereas the way that I used to do it was going to the gym in the evenings. And you really kind of have to hype yourself up after a big work day. And also I just really hated it. I felt like I wasn't putting in maximum effort and now doing my workouts the other way around my morning is so much better I feel like I've achieved something really difficult already so anything that kind of comes up during the day just doesn't seem as hard when you've already smashed through a one hour workout so that's the way I like to do it now and that is my morning routine How have you changed the most over the last year? I feel like this year has definitely taught me to get comfortable with change and also just to be really confident in who I am. And that's something that sort of came up last week when I was having a couple of issues with something. And I just realized that I'm so comfortable and confident in who I am that I don't really need other esteem or like, you know, to get validation from other people and external sources anymore. Like I certainly used to. These days, I feel like I have so much embedded self-esteem that I feel pretty infallible whenever something kind of doesn't go the right way. So if someone were to give me some sort of negative feedback or have some opinion about me or just straight up not like me, it would have ordinarily really bothered me and really got me down or really upset me. Whereas now I just feel like I'm just kind of like, okay, cool. Like I don't have to be everyone's cup of tea or like, if that's how you feel, that's fine. And like, whatever, it's not going to affect my day. It's not going to bring me down. It's not going to make me feel bad about myself because that's just a projection or a reflection of someone else and where they are. And it has absolutely nothing to do with me. What is your favorite season of the year? Oh, it's a difficult one. I want to always say summer because I absolutely love the warm weather. I really hate kind of trying to dress for winter. I feel like every single year when the coldest winters roll around here in Melbourne, I I love it because on one hand it's beautiful, but the brutal cold days sometimes just seriously get to me. And even though I've lived here for quite a while now, I just feel like I never know how to dress for it. And I'm always just hoping for the best and thinking that it's going to be warmer than it is. And I always end up catching myself out and being absolutely freezing. This next set are a couple of relationship questions. So I am in a long-term relationship. I've been with my partner for a little over three years now, and I have been in some long-term relationships in the past, but I've also been single for some quite significant periods of time as well. So I feel like I can kind of speak to a couple of these different questions and reflect on them for any of you, depending on where you're kind of at in your life. But this one says, what qualities are most important for you in a partner? So for me, I I would say honesty and respect are like quite literally the foundations of any good relationship, whether that be a friendship or a partnership. But there is absolutely no way that I could ever be in a relationship with someone if there wasn't that foundation of honesty or trust and also just mutual respect. Because I feel like any of the bad relationships I've had in the past where there was cheating from that person or I don't know, just any kind of lying or deception or any of those things, it's honestly related to the two pillars, which is they didn't respect me and they weren't honest. And I just absolutely cannot go backwards from someone breaking my trust. I don't care how much they might regret it or I don't know how much they might've even tried to be proving that they've changed or any of those things. I just think if you respected me, you wouldn't have been dishonest and that just goes hand in hand. And that's just the way it is. What rules do you have for your relationship? I would have to say I'm a pretty easygoing person. I don't believe in having rules for your partner. I don't believe in restricting my partner in any particular way. I mean, aside from the obvious that we're in a uh, monogamous monogamous relationship. Yeah. I'm trying to like think of the word, but you know, there's like, aside from that, I just think that 
They are their own person. I am my own person. And why would I ever try and restrict that person from catching up with particular friends or doing particular tasks, like having certain hobbies? Like who am I to walk into someone's life and tell them how to live it? Because we have chosen to live our lives together, but it doesn't mean that I can tell them how to, from that day forth, go ahead and live their life. And I think the most healthiest, least codependent relationships are the ones where the two people grow together, but also grow as individuals. And that is the one thing that I see the most in healthy relationships in other couples in my life. And I do think it is why my partner and I have such a great bond because we are just kind of on our own journeys, but we're also on a journey together. What is your love language? There are words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, acts of service, or quality time. I would say it is primarily physical touch and quality time. I don't know if I'm allowed to select two, but I'm doing it. Um, So physical touch for me, I think is such a buildup of all of those little things. And it is definitely what delineates a friendship from a relationship, because without that kind of physical intimacy, then what would you, how would you ever be able to tell, you know what? I mean and I'm the kind of person that I love a hand on the back as we're walking down the street or to hold hands with someone or my partner and I often sit next to each other in a booth instead of opposite each other at a restaurant because we really like to be very close and I really love that kind of physical intimacy and touch because it reminds me that like that person not only deeply cares about me but they just really want to be physically connected to me because we are so kind of intertwined and the other thing for me is quality time because I have definitely been in relationships in the past where they I just felt like someone who was kind of there on the peripheral and I was like um excuse me because I'm like I'm giving you all of my time and attention so how am I just kind of on the outside and like you just sort of text me whenever you feel like it or hang out with me whenever you feel like it and those to me feel like what people now call situationships because you're just like this option that's sort of there if they want to like you're put on a little shelf and if they want to bring you down and play then it's fine and I just don't really like that at all I want actual quality time where when not on our devices. We're hanging out together. We're doing something really nice. And you're actually getting proper eye contact from that person while you're enjoying this activity together. Even if it's just reading books in a park, like leave your phone at home and let's just enjoy this time together. Where do you enjoy going on dates? I would say I've got this nailed pretty well. I really enjoy live music. I always think that's an easy date that you could take someone on or that you could get someone to take you on because it gives you something common to chat about. And it also is a little bit of background noise and distraction from any of the awkwardness that might happen if you were to just like, I don't know, go for drinks or something. But I also think drinks over dinner because if you go for a formal sit down dinner, there's like just a lot of weird stuff that can happen at dinner. Like you might have food allergies or you might not particularly like that restaurant or there's just like not as much intimacy or privacy because there's like packed in tables and people around. Whereas in a bar kind of situation, you can sort of, there's a lot of chit chat and like things going on. So you really do get that sort of sound barrier around you where you guys can kind of have a little bit more of a chat. And that's just sort of my preference. I also really like wholesome sort of dates, like a drive somewhere where you might go, I don't know, like down to a walk or a winery or something. But I also really love just like even a tan lap, which is like our Botanic Gardens walking track here in Melbourne, like a coffee date type thing where you like walk and talk because I think that's a really easy one to just be like, this is kind of what it would be like if we were together. You know, you kind of want to give people like a little sample window into your life of like, hey, this is what I like to do on the weekends. So do you think that we could kind of slot into this together? Because if you sort of go and do really grandiose, like, things that you wouldn't ordinarily do. It's not really going to give someone an accurate kind of picture of who you are, what you like, and I suppose what some of your expectations are. So that's kind of where I think people can do these dates or have, you know, want to go to like some really bougie, fancy restaurant. And it's like, what if that's not in that person's budget? Or what if having heaps of money isn't something that you actually value or think is terribly important that why would you put it high on your priority list that this person has to take you to like some extravagant restaurant if it's just going to be a little bit awkward you may as well save that for a special occasion and just do something more wholesome and like down to earth instead how do you set healthy boundaries in a relationship? Um, I think this is the same as any relationship, whether that be with your family, your friends or your partner, but setting healthy boundaries is all about you having the ability to say no and feeling more comfortable with the no, like getting used to saying that word and 
Not feeling like you've got to justify yourself because that's definitely something that I have done a lot in the past. Like I so I'm sort of like, oh no, but it's because of this or it's just the but. Like you always feel like you've got to really sell it to somebody as to why you've had to say no instead of being like, no, thank you. And it's like, well, why? And it's like, well, I shouldn't have to tell you why. It's just to know. <laughs> but like, you know, we end up going down this like pathway where we're like telling this elaborate story of, oh no, because I've got work tomorrow and I don't want to be tired and da 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 da. And it becomes this whole big thing and actually what should have happened is you could say I'm really sorry I'm feeling a bit tired this evening Uh, I'm not going to come to the event and your friend if they respect you or your partner if they respect you would be like that's totally fine I get it or maybe like in my relationship for example like I'm the cook I love cooking and I really enjoy doing that for my partner it's not something that it's not like he's never offered because he absolutely does and he certainly does cook food for us sometimes but I am doing it probably 95% of the time. And that's totally fine because that works for us. But there is the odd occasion where I just say like, I am so tired. Could we please just go out for dinner? Or I'm really tired. Would you mind making breakfast? And I don't feel so comfortable saying those things because we have just got such a great relationship and an understanding with each other that he will just instantly be like, totally, I've got you. I can see that you're really tired or you've got a lot on this week. Like, let me take all of that off your plate. And that just works so well for us because I don't have to kind of tiptoe around the issue or have any resentment building up of just being like, here we go. Like I've got to cook again. I can just say to my partner openly and honestly, like, I don't want to do that today. And he's like, fine. And there's no hurt feelings. It's just like, what would you like to do instead? The last one from that set says, have you changed because of your partner? And I would definitely say yes. I think that being with someone who works in that sort of self-development field, it would sort of be a little bit strange if I hadn't changed. But I also was changing a lot before I met him as well. And I do believe that I have continued, I guess, that momentum forwards because I'm someone who is always moving forwards and making those kind of changes and things. But it definitely has really opened my eyes and helped me a lot being with someone who has studied in that field for decades because he is just such a wealth of knowledge and it's a real joy to be around because anytime I'm kind of going through a problem, I can really have this amazing soundboard in my partner who is able to kind of help me like work through how I'm feeling, work through what I'm kind of making up versus what is the reality and kind of how to approach things from a different angle by understanding the perspectives of everybody involved. And I do believe that has absolutely changed how reactive I am because I used to be a very reactive person, especially in conflict. And now I feel like I'm so much more controlled and chilled out just in my day to day. And I've certainly had a lot of people compliment that and say that I just seem really calm and happy. And I would absolutely say that I attribute that to things that my partner has taught me and just the way that we interact with each other, I guess, because my relationships in the past were so drama filled. And this relationship is just so easy and so great. And just everything that I kind of hoped for couple of business questions. So this one says, what do you think a good company culture is? So I can definitely speak to this having worked in corporate for over a decade now. And I would honestly say that good company culture is people who really take the time to get to know you. And I'm talking about like literally on a personal level that they know things about you. So they know that they can trust you. They know stuff that's going on in your life. So that if you're having a bit of a difficult time, they would happily kind of give you time off or be flexible around these things. And I also just think that a good culture is a flexibility. And that also sort of ties into that, whether it be some work from home or some adjustable hours or asking people what kind of tasks it is that they want to do and how you can kind of give them those opportunities and experiences as they arise. Because of course, a business, their sole purpose is to make money and therefore they need to give you the work that just needs to get done. And logistically, that is just part of running a business. But there is also the other part of running a business that is that you have the option to provide people with opportunities to develop and jump them to the next level. And I think the best places I've worked have been ones that have really kind of come to me even when I haven't come to them and been like I think you would be great for this let's move you on to this and it's just been those places that have really given me the chance to prove myself and supported me every step of the way.
What is the least favorite part of your job? Um, That is very funny because being an architect, you do have to do some shitty jobs. And I'm just using that as a funny pun because I think every job kind of has its pros and cons. And although I absolutely love what I do, I would say one of the most annoying parts of architecture is just drawing stuff that you genuinely don't care about, like bathrooms or stairs and things like that. Like there are just some really boring parts of the building that are really tricky or always the same or just have a lot of compliance issues and things. And you kind of spend so much of your time reading the legislation and figuring these things out that it is definitely not the most enjoyable part of the job. But I just try and look at it as it is a challenge. It is me enhancing my knowledge. And, you know, if you kind of just want to do it once and do it well, you can actually just start to enjoy some of those menial tasks because you're like, how can I learn literally how to draw the best stairs that have ever been? These can be the new precedent for the office and therefore I will not have to worry about ever learning this again because it's going to be so deep in my mind that I can now be like a stair expert. So that's kind of how I make some of those more annoying tasks a little bit fun by just thinking I just want to be so good at this that it doesn't annoy me anymore. So a couple of closing questions for the end of this episode, where can people go to learn more about you? So that's a wonderful question. So like I said earlier, I am starting off my business, which is all set up and ready to go and just waiting for some of you to come to me with your wonderful home projects. So that's called We Are Former and you can find me at www.weareformer. It's F-O-R-M-A.co.co. I didn't get the .com because someone else had already taken it, but maybe one day I I'll be able to snatch it off them. So that is my website and there is a contact form on that if you'd ever like to get in touch via that avenue. And the other places are on Instagram. It is at Emma Caitlin. It is C-A-I-T-L-A-I-N. Thankfully, that didn't end up being my first name because I don't think anyone would have ever spelled it correctly. And I'm also Emma Caitlin on YouTube and all of the links to those are in the show notes as well. What can people expect from me next? Um, honestly just so much beautiful home content I would love to have more time to help people achieve those different things so lots of DIYs lots of home styling kind of tips and advice about organization and things as well because these are all of the little bits and pieces that I'm passionate about and I would love to run even some in-person workshops or work with people one-on-one so that's kind of I guess where I'm sort of heading and otherwise I guess I just really want to travel a little bit more and I think that having this social media sort of outlet has given me a little bit more freedom to do things on the go. So I would love to kind of go overseas and test what it's like to take a little bit of my business on the run. So that's something very exciting. And what else have I got? Uh, This is an issue. If you had the attention of the world for five minutes, what would you say? I mean, I don't even know if I would need five minutes to say it. I would just say be kind always, like just be kind. The world would be such a better place if we all shared our resources, shared our knowledge and were just really kind and generous towards each other because I think a lot of the problems stem from, like I said, just nasty behavior or people really kind of gatekeeping things and not wanting to share the knowledge around and I just think the world would be such a better place if we all just looked out for each other. One final question to wrap this up is how can listeners support you and your work? So how you can support me is by rating my podcast because that's what it helps show up in people's recommendations. So I believe on Spotify, there's just a star rating system. And then on Apple podcasts, you can actually leave a written review, but hopefully you've been loving the podcast so far. And if you can, I would absolutely love for you to hit that button and give me a little bit of a review, a Hopefully you've been loving the podcast so far. And if you have, I would love for you to take a moment to hit one of those buttons and give me a little bit of a review. But otherwise, how you can support me is just come and find me on Instagram and YouTube, subscribe, follow, whatever it is and connect. And I would absolutely love to share a little bit more with you guys on any of those particular topics, but I will be back in your ears in 2023 with a bunch more episodes. So if you have any recommendations or topics you want me to chat about, or maybe even guests, you want me to have on, maybe you want to come on, then feel free to let me know. But it's been such a pleasure answering some of these questions and sharing a little bit more about myself with you guys. I hope you have really enjoyed this episode and I will see you in the new year. Have a wonderful rest of 2022 and I'll chat with you then.